Welcome to MoneyWeb Now. Business news every morning. It's Tuesday, 7 February. Foreign exchange data due today. By comparison, South Africa expected $60 billion, China $3 trillion. I'm Simon Brown coming at you live and loud from the MoneyWeb studios in Houghton, Johannesburg. On the show today, chatting with uh, Fahima Adia, momentum security, opportunities or not in the listed re- uh, listed property space, the REIT sector. Uh, and then we'll be chatting with Benay Sega. He's head of Debtbusters, latest survey. Uh, Customers under pressure, but actually that data seems to suggest uh, being responsible. And then uh, Wade Vitboy, portfolio manager at Glacier Invest, importance of staying invested. Some really fun stats coming out there. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. Morning headlines for MoneyWeb. FSCA issues warning on Forex breakout kings for trading without the required licenses. Business day, grey listing. SA can yet pull a rabbit out the hat, says ComplyServe. Uh, financial Action Task Force is to decide February 24. The outlook doesn't look great, but there is a chance. Morning markets, the US was red. S&P down 0.6, NASDAQ off 0.9 of a percent. Asia was green with Sydney up 0.1 and Turkey up 0.2 of a percent. Commodities mixed. Gold 1,887, Brent 81.77, Platinum 979, Palladium under pressure 1,580, uh, Rand 1763, Bitcoin 22,900, Tencent up 1.8% in the Hong Kong lunch break and top 40 opening call 240 points to the green that's about a third of a percent MoneyWeb now on the money also available on podcast Standing now with uh, Fima Adir from Momentum Securities. Fima, appreciate the early morning time. Uh, 2022 was another tough year for for the real estate investment trust sector on our market. Uh, we will start getting some results coming through this week to see uh, what what the last p- uh, quarter and six months was like. Is this a, a sector where you are potentially seeing some value and opportunity? Certainly some attractive yields, certainly some discount to net asset value. But I'm not. I mean, are we out of the woods? I suppose is the question. Morning, Simon. Um, yeah, given the current power crisis, we are a bit skeptical about investing in REITs with exposure to SA only at the moment. So, as you're aware, the cost of backup power is costing property companies millions, if not billions, of rands. Mm-hmm. And um, I think. This is definitely something that will cut into profits for REITs this year, um, particularly those that are focused on the SA property market exclusively. And then the other thing that we do need to bear in mind also is that we are in a rising interest rate environment. So investors can also find other high-yielding instruments such as bonds or money market instruments. So the overall return on the REIT does need to be worth it. Uh, but having said that, there is still some potential in our view, uh, particularly if you look at REITs that have a diversified revenue stream from offshore exposure and, um, you know, some capital upside. Uh, we do have two REITs of choice in this regard. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we have something, we can maybe go through it in a bit more detail. So our choice is Vukile and Storage. Yeah, okay. I mean, th- th- those are two. I mean, and and I suppose, I mean, storage, I, I know well, I've chatted with them a few times, I actually hold the share. And I take the point on that where uh, certainly the power is hurting, but maybe less so. Uh, Vakila as well. And of course, Vakila has, they, they both have uh, 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 offshore exposure at the same time. 
Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, Vukile is one we've had on our list for quite a while, and um, it has exposure to uh, that rural and township retail portfolio in South Africa that's been performing very well. So at the last results, um, they showed quite positive numbers there. And um, what we like about Vukile in particular is that big focus on Spain. So about mm. 54% of their assets are held there. And um, so we think this does, you know, help diversify their their income stream. And um, if we look at the dividend yield, it's trading at about 8.5%. And then um, if we look at storage, that's uh, focused on that niche self-storage sector. And again, they've got exposure to South Africa and also the UK. Um, in the UK, they I think they operate under that brand Storage King. And they've had some rapid growth. So they've had take of about 15% of the past five years, a pretty low LTV. And uh, if you look at the dividend yield, that's also quite favorable at about 8.5%. So I think we do like these two REITs, uh, given that exposure to offshore uh, properties as well. Yeah, great, I like that, and, and I particularly like your point. The competition for the REITs, is, of course, is is just cash. I mean, you can go money market, you can go uh, retail bonds, and, and and get fairly high yields um, and 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 safe money. Because I take your point around the power crisis definitely hurting. Vima dear Momentum Securities appreciate the early morning insights, and that's our question today on LinkedIn and Twitter. Tough twenty twenty two. Are you seeing some value in the real estate investment trust area? Have your vote. Have your say. LinkedIn and Twitter. Your money knows it's not just about the money. It's about your returns returning the favor and empowering people. Your money can do more to change the narrative. Beyond delivering consistent returns, investing in the Stanlip Kanisa Impact Investment Fund can help eradicate poverty and protect the environment. Invest for more impact at stanlip.com forward slash more. Stanley Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. I'm chatting with Bernard Sager. He's head of Debtbusters. The Debtbusters Q4 2022 debt index is out. But I appreciate the time today. Before we dig into some of that, we've chatted a couple of times over the years. Every time we chat, I get messages, people asking me around what is debt counseling. And I promise them I'll ask you. Here's the opportunity. In essence, as I understand it, it's a, it's a consolidation of loans and, and taking some of the pressure off the indebted consumer. Yeah, that's the correct understanding, Simon, and thanks for having me on the show. So debt counseling is a process provided for by the National Credit Act. And uh, essentially, technically, what it means is consolidation of your debt repayments mm-hmm. into a single single repayment, ideally in a restructured way so that you are paying less. Mm. A lump sum when you know compared to what you were paying before, and the starting point is to demonstrate that you fulfill two uh, let's call it obligations. One, you, we have to prove that you have a, a way of repaying back your debt. So whether or bank statements or whatever, you have to show that there's a source of income. And two, you have to demonstrate uh, that you are technically over indebted. Now, what does that mean? That mm. means that your debt repayments as they are without any restructuring, plus your expense expense payments in a monthly basis, put together are larger than your take-home pay. So in a way, we need to show, or for consumers who are in the situation, that uh, they are unable to fulfill the debt repayment obligations as they are. Now, how it actually works is you, of course, work with all the lenders and we restructure for people who apply, we restructure the, the debt or credit that falls under the National Credit Act. 
how it would work is then we would say, uh, if person X applies, we would say, okay, person X is, we would have to demonstrate they're unable to fulfill their debt repayment obligations. However, this is what they can afford to pay towards their debt. And we will basically ask or work with all the lenders to say, okay, person X cannot pay you this amount, but they can pay this. Will you take it? And essentially, there's a multi-party negotiation mm -hmm. that takes place. And the reason why lenders like it is because often if the consumer in question doesn't go this route, they're actually trying to do the responsible thing to honor their debt repayments. Um, but if they don't go this route, often what happens is they end up having to skip payments on particular loans. And lenders know this. And in a way, if they say, you know what, we don't accept this individual in the program, what's likely to happen is that person is going to start skipping payments, which is not good for the lender. It's definitely not good for the consumer. So as part of the, 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 the process, we also renegotiate interest rates and extend the length that they have to repay back the loan. And that's why we're able to fit it into a smaller budget, shall we say, in terms of debt repayments that is fit for that individual. And that's the key point. And it, it's one of the things which came out from the survey, which talks around debt counseling inquiries up 53%. Uh, debt busters had an even bigger number. And, and on, on the surface, that looks alarming. You made the point which said, well, actually, hang on, this is a good thing. This is people being responsible, not not hiding under the couch from, 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 from their debt. Absolutely. And I think, Simon, one point I need to highlight is, you know, this year we, we have our theme of saying essentially consumers are doing more than ever to honor their debt. And mm. this is true. Um, and, you know, how do I back this up? I back this up by saying I think South African consumer has been incredibly resilient from a financial perspective. Yeah. And of course, I'm not even counting load shedding and inflation, interest rates, everything that we've been thrown at. But yet, you know, we have 53% increase in terms of inquiries that are coming to us. Consumers are trying to do the right thing. They're not running away from that. On top of that, we have a 130% increase in terms of what we call online engagement. And that's actually offering consumers, whether they are with or outside of uh, debt counseling, um, with no cost, a, a way to track their credit score and a way to track their debt and how it's moving and uh, what how, what it means for them. Um, so we, we actually rolled that out in the middle of 2021 uh, on our website. And it's been amazing to show the growth in terms of how many consumers are engaging with that. And our hope is that over time, as more consumers engage with the tools and tips in terms of how to manage their debt, particularly if we start them at a younger age, they will grow over and they will actually get into a better way of managing their debt in the long term so that we don't have this massive debt pile, which, by the way, in South African context, the more debt we all have, the more money it takes away from potential investment. So actually, it's something we all need to deal with. And coming to the point about responsible consumers, the other which you, you data point is that lending activity uh, was increasing even as rates were going up, and and that's sort of people starting to live off credit. I mean, this is not folks who've gone and bought you know big screen TVs and the like. This is just that that squeeze of 2022, higher inflation, higher interest rates, as you mentioned, load shedding, petrol prices. It, it was a tough year, and a lot of folks went to debt for survival more than for the the pleasantries. Absolutely. And I mean, we, we do, in, in debt, as part of debt counseling, we have to do a comprehensive financial assessment of the mm -hmm. consumer's finances. And I would argue it is the most comprehensive one I've seen all over the world. You know, I worked in different places and have so observed it. It is quite remarkable. And one of the things that has become apparent to us is particularly in 2022, 
the trade-off that the consumers are making subconsciously. Mm. We have actually seen a lot of consumers trade down uh, in terms of bank charges uh, significantly, which is good in the long term. Yeah. Uh, what consumers say they're spending on a monthly basis in terms of bank charges. Um, at the same time, what they what they're basically trading that off with is is um, more money that is spent on food, up by about somewhere between twenty to twenty five percent compared sure. to the prior year, which is significant. On the flip side, what that's also resulting is many of them are cutting back on some what I would call assurance and essential products such as life insurance. Mm -hmm. We've seen this expenditure on average on that go down significantly. I would say in some cases by half. And that in the long term is not great because you don't have the ability to protect yourself against some unexpected event. But these are the types of things consumers are trading off with. As you say, it's not to buy a luxury item or to go to a holiday overseas or this or that. Actually, these days, it's just to be able to put food on the table. Yeah, I always say the, the, the consumer is smart. They, they, they know what they're doing, and it's just been an incredibly tough year. Let's leave it there. Panay Sega, head of Debtbusters, always appreciate the insights. Your money gives a damn. If it could protest and sign petitions, your money would. But your money can do more than that. When you invest in Stanlib's Infrastructure Investment Fund, beyond getting solid returns, you are helping to build a more sustainable future through job creation and positive economic growth. Damn right you are. Invest for more impact at stanlib.com forward slash more. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider. MoneyWeb now on the money. Chatting now with our uh, Wade Whitboy. He's portfolio manager at Glacier Invest. Wade, appreciate the early morning time. Uh, a, a recent uh, article you put out, a, a couple of really great points that, that stood out for me. The one is missed days, but I want to come to that in a moment. Uh, last year was really uh, high volatility, low returns. It felt an absolute horror. It, it's not that much of an outlier according to the data. It's just, I mean, it, it, might, it doesn't come every year, but it's something which if we're in the markets, we, we kind of need to experience expect that they're going to be those those more painful years for investors absolutely good good morning simon and, and thanks for the opportunity um you you spot on in terms of looking back at the year it was way more emotionally damaging than financially <laughs> damaging because if you look at the statistics it wasn't an outlier at all because what we do know and they they'll teach us this in the textbooks for or at the start of any course is that yes markets go up through time but yes they also go down in certain periods as well living through those difficult periods feels a lot worse than actually um, anything else uh, because the data will, will change through time and, and uh, frankly markets don't care about our feelings and when our feelings are the worst it probably means that the bulk of the bad news is already in the price yeah and i love that phrase it was emotionally damaging my portfolio was i mean my portfolio was okay but but my my emotions were were roller coaster from it and and a point you made and and i read it a couple of times because it it it, it, it really resonated but i'd never actually thought of it before and you and you made the point you can see that the average return really exists over time so an average return of whatever it is but that's not actually what we get it to your point of a moment ago it, it it's going to be wild and, and and volatile at points and if we want that average return unfortunately sometimes we're going to get emotionally damaged and sometimes we're going to get 2021 where we have a great year and 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 think we're geniuses yeah you're correct so so naturally we just want the average return because the average doesn't sound too bad it's very likely to get you there 
Yeah. But what isn't encompassed in the average is the path of the return. So it's like when your favorite cricketer comes to bat and they say, no, he's batting at an average of 40. We, we kind of expect him to score 40. But we know that really happens. It's either going to be above um, or below and sometimes at extremes as well. But sticking to it skews the odds in your favor to experience the average or the middle point of the whole entire distribution. And therein lies the, the magic and compounding of investments. Yeah, and that cricketing's an us analogy. They might get a duck, they might get a double century. Um, they're unlikely to get 40. That That's over time. And, and then the one that stands out, and I, I, I've heard this data point many times. I've seen it a few times. I haven't seen it uh, for, 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 you've got it back in 1995. And it's the, the million rand invested in the market. And what happens if you just miss the 10 best days or the 20 best days, which doesn't sound like a lot but you know you you at some point last year were perhaps worried you went into cash you missed a couple of good days it it has a massive impact on on your long-term uh, performance yeah absolutely naturally um, when things are tough where when the news flow is bad and when you see negative returns the emotional side of us wants to actually jump out mm-hmm. um, where the investment side of us should actually look at the data and say you know what after these big losses is probably the time to do the opposite it's probably time to to start entering the market aggressively so if you if you're actually not going to be there you miss those best days and the unfortunate thing about those best the best days is that volatility normally clusters so in the in the environment where you normally get your worst days, you will get these thrusts of all of great days as well in the market. And you don't have to look further than I think it was November last year, where coming out of a week October, suddenly there was an outside mm-hmm. outside piece of news that came to light with regards to China, their treatment of the COVID policy, and suddenly our market gave its best single day performance that we've ever seen since about uh, 2020 when our lockdown started. And if you if you weren't there, even though the news flow was terrible, you would have missed one of the top 15 days all time. And, and that can be detrimental to your long-term financial plan. Yeah, uh, the stats are astounding. Going back to 95, a million rand invested uh, becomes, call it 34 million. Uh, if you miss the 10 best days, you get 18 million. So you've gone from 34 to 18. And if you miss the 20 best days, you get, let's call it 11 million. You've gone from 34 to 11 million. I, I've, as I said, seen this chart before. It, it, it grabs my eyeballs every single time. Uh, Wade Whitboy, uh, Portfolio Manager, Glacier Invest. Appreciate the early morning insights. That's it for today. Uh, we were chatting yesterday with David Fraser from Peregrine Capital on why they had sold Thungela uh, last year after a massive run higher. They'd had it from the beginning, uh, around 28 rand. Uh, they'd lightened it in the 80s, picked it up when war broke out in Ukraine, and then exited last year at above 300. And the question we asked you, because he made a fairly compelling argument, was are you holding, buying, or selling Thungela? Uh, the majority of you said, nope already sold. Uh, it was about 45% said no, taking the money and run. Uh, a quarter were holding but remain worried uh, and the rest split evenly between holding happily uh, and some of you buying for the great dividend. There is dividend there but of course their, their inability to get the coal to Richards Bay Coal Terminal because of Transnet, that is hurting. The show is brought to you by Stanlib. Visit stanlib.com to get in touch with one of their investment specialists. Stanlib Asset Management is an authorized financial services provider.
We're live every weekday morning, the MoneyWeb website and the app, 6.30 a.m. podcast, just after 7. Thanks to my team, Eddie, Nobokle, Nicole, to you for listening, my guests for their early morning. My name is Simon Brown. This is MoneyWeb Now. We'll chat again tomorrow. We're talking mining in Darba. You've been listening to another MoneyWeb Now podcast, posted every weekday at 7 a.m. on moneyweb.co.za. MoneyWeb Now. On the money.